Lotteries, flowers, and MCs, it's pun intensive. to Pun Intensive. Uh, we have a very special punnel today. Uh, you'll find out in a few moments what's so special about them, but let me quickly introduce them. Not a heavenlock Gary Halleck, win Guggenheim's money, David Guggenheim, just a two-letter switch away from being the brain, Brian Oakley. Uh, he sings, he guitars, he puns, he brooks, Steve Brooks, and me, Aaron Faisal, set Faisal's unstunningly handsome we're going to start as usual with zinger of the week zinger of the week where we ask each of our panelists excuse me panelists to share personal anecdotes and experiences in the world of workaday wordplay also let's see if you can notice what each of our panelists have in common so we're going to start off with pun off mc co-producer of pun intensive and producer emeritus of the o henry pun off gary halleck Real life zinger of the week happened to me just the other day. The long-awaited Mueller report uh, came out and uh, and totally exonerated our glorious president. Uh, and the news media was just falling all over themselves trying to figure out how they can make this make this right again or make it <laughs> continue it another two years or whatever. Great on America <laughs> again. And and and, and, my, and my wife Chris, my lovely wife Chris, always my foil, but she never foils me. She said she says, you know what? They just need to give it a rest. And I said, yeah, they already arrested and convicted a couple of them, I think. <laughs> cool. And pun-off MC and several-time competitor in the O. Henry pun-off, it's me, Aaron Faisal. I wanted to share an exchange that I had with a buddy of mine. She lives in Montana. And apparently the sun did something really fancy uh, a few weeks ago, and all of its radiation was headed toward North America, and there was an un unusually southern aurora borealis, and it included much of uh, Montana. So. I sent, her a, um, I sent her a message saying, are you going to be able to see the Aurora Borealis tonight? Uh, it'll be over parts of Montana. Not sure if you're in those parts. And she said, I don't know. I've never seen the damn thing. Even in Alaska, where she used to live, uh, I think it's a hoax. And, of course, my response was fake views. Uh, and then she uh, told me how brilliant my puns are. Uh, no, she said, ha-ha, that's pretty good. She said, uh, I, I did – oh, she auroraed with laughter. <laughs> so the next day, uh, I said, did you get to see it? And she said, no, I didn't see them, didn't even try. I've gone in the countryside when the reports say they're visible, and I never see them, not even with long exposure photos. That's not a joke. Then she said, I just sit in the dark for an hour and go home. Aurora, boring Alice. <laughs> oh. All right, and next we have Punoff MC, past Punoff winner and current past and almost certainly future producer of the O. Henry Museum Punoff, David Guggenheim. I was uh, watching the news the other day, and I saw that a baseball player had just gotten the highest salary in the history of sports. I don't know how many millions he got, but uh, his last name was Trout. And anyway, I was watching the thing, and I don't think the newscaster or the sportscaster who was reporting on the story realized what he had said. But he said he tried interviewing him last week, 
and Trout was playing coy. <laughs> Something fishy about that story. Uh, and Punoff MC and past O. Henry Punoff MVP, Brian Oakley. Regrettably, I was the only one to hear this pun- punish tree fall in the forest. I was driving down Congress, as we call it in Austin, and uh, early March, and saw that one of the local uh, topless clubs uh, had a big uh, St. Patrick's Day celebration. Regrettably, the sign did not say Aaron Gobralis. <laughs> and finally, uh, Punoff MC and past O. Henry Punoff winner Steve Brooks. So... I'm known among my friends for being a top-notch Cajun cook. I lived in New Orleans for a while. And just recently, someone was asking me, uh, so how often do I cook Cajun? And I said, well, only on special occasions. (laughs) Or if you're doing stir-fry, it'd be spatula Cajuns, right? So I don't know if uh, our hey, watch out! I'll jambalaya up your. (laughs) I don't know if our audience noticed that. Etouffee (laughs) brute. I don't know if our audience noticed that there's one thing that uh, this entire panel has in common. Uh, We are all Panoff MCs. So uh, we're going to take a break, but after the break, like any good actor, we'll run our lines, headlines. That is. game. The objectives, objective of this game is simple. I will read a news story, and you pretend you are the headline writer for the local newspaper. What would that headline say? Uh, Republican candidate for Kentucky Secretary of State Carl Nett would rather have his nickname on the ballot than his real name. He said it was a, quote, bona fide nickname. Uh, local Republicans gave him in 2015. The nickname? Trump with an exclamation point. The courts say he may not do so for fairly obvious reasons. Okay, so the judge trumps Trump in the nick of time. <laughs> I'm going to go with nom de plummets. <laughs> I'm going to say candidate downed in the Trumps. The guy's name is Net, right? Uh, it is, yes. Carl yeah, so, so. Net doesn't profit from nickname. Nice. Nothing but net. (laughs) Okay, so uh, let's move on to the next one. In February, a couple of people who went into an abandoned home to smoke pot found a tiger inside. Don't worry, it was caged and authorities came and rescued it. Amazingly, this was not in Florida, but instead Houston. I think what the uh, person went in when reporting this police said, well, see, we got down to like the last, the joint, to like that little nub. You know how hard it is to hold. But I digress. Yeah, that's, that's most definitely what they said. <laughs> yeah. Pot, pot, of course, headlines are never that long. Potheads token by surprise. <laughs> oh! <clears throat> well, it's, it, it, it can be pretty close, pretty close to saying one toke over the lion. Intruders give an unexpected pause. After they were arrested, they were acquitted as long as they paid a substantial penalty. They were stuck all day in the feline. The police said, we'd like to keep a lid on it. (laughs) Police raid stripe joint. 
nice. Going back to David's, I had pot smokers experience enhanced felines. <laughs> I had hidden claws. Anybody come up with hidden claws somewhere? <laughs> I had claws for alarm. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Oh, and I also have this home invasion bengald. Oh. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's go on to our third. Head, uh, excuse me. Our third news story. I suppose they were arrested and taken into joint custody. <laughs> Hold on, can I change Can I change the uh, yeah. the species of cat? That work with me. Something about What's fast, fast times at Ridge Mountain Lion High. <laughs> is, that, right. is that your final panther? Uh, well, it's a lot to think about. I think you're being a cheetah there. All right. And with that, <laughs> let's move on to the third story. Now remember... Our panelists are very, very sophisticated, famous, and well-paid newspaper editors. We're paying them to make the finest headlines uh, in the planet. In the planet? On the planet. In the world. Everywhere. In March, <laughs> in March, a sheep was seen running loose in a New Jersey neighborhood after escaping what is believed to be a sacrificial ritual. He was easy to find, though because of the balloons attached to his tail and ear. All right, because I was ever so gently chastised for having too wordy a headline, I've got a one-word headline. Beelzebubbled. <laughs> Exclamation mark. I've got a two-word headline. Huh? Flocked up. <laughs> yeah, I was... I was going. I was going like for the animal rights activists. It's a big flock. You for the Satanists. <laughs> I, I think I would. I would title that story "Much Ado About Mutton." Yeah. <laughs> oh, the problem with that is it's supposed to be a a, a sacrifice, a satanic yeah. sacrifice. When you say "adieu," referring to God. So, regrettably, mm-hmm. I think if another one word should be "diablos." Die. Diablo, 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 balloons. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna put. David, David's was actually funny. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put an ellipse after that. Diablo's dot dot dot. I think you're kind of going out on a lamb there. (laughs) Actually, Brian's wasn't bad. (laughs) Okay, I've got a headline for a follow-up story. All right. So, the people in the satanic cult are arrested for animal abuse, but you know, then they let them go. And the headline says, Dodge Ram Charges. Nice. <laughs> nice. And one thing I notice is that they don't mention to which uh, supposed dark deity they're going to have a sacrifice. It could be any. So the next headline is, Sheer Today Gone Tomorrow. So do you suppose as part of the sacrifice they were going to eat the sheep? So, so they were going to have to be looking for a mutton chef. <laughs> See you in the funny papers. I couldn't get wool, but I did get loose of fur. <laughs> hey, Buzz. All right. So because because the because the sheep is wearing balloons and is going to be sacrificed. Here here is my five word headline: Festive appearance Belial's true purpose. Mm. Belial? You said a Moloch fool. <laughs> Belial, one of the many names for. The dark line. I don't know why. The, I don't the, know the uh, people chasing the sheep ended up on the Dr. Phil show saying cashmere outside. Or they joined the band Led Zeppelin. 
<laughs> All right, so they don't mention how many balloons were attached, but if there were sufficient, it would be a sports headline. Sacrifice flies. Uh, <laughs> what, what about deflate gate? <laughs> All right, that's, I, you know, I'm really glad we ended with that one. And I'm really glad we're ending. Actually, we have one more story. An unnamed 50-year-old Randallstown, Maryland man was cleaning out his wallet in March due to the usual collection of receipts, lottery tickets, and man wallet junk. Luckily, he was paying attention because one of those two-month-old lottery tickets was worth $1.2 million. Buy folds? Question mark. Sure. He can afford lots of them. Okay, so for anyone under the age of 30, bifold wall is... <laughs> okay, uh, how, about, how about this one? Lotto Luck. Oh, there you go. Hmm. Yes. It is succinct. It was his real red leather day. Ready to fold? Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. That fits, fits the bill. Yeah, that one was... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, that is a good place to end that game, and we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have a discussion about, well, how to win the old Henry Punoff. Stick around. And we're back. So our mid-show discussion is going to be on the upcoming Punoff. It's... We have all MCs here today. I thought we'd take advantage of everyone's expertise. Brian, I'm going to let you go ahead and start. As someone who's been involved with the pun off for well, 15 years, almost 18, and have won, and more importantly, lost in the pun off, <laughs> I've found a few things. There are a couple items, if you're preparing for the pun off, that would behoove you to consider. One of the things that punsters do is they practice virtually year-round with their friends. And they have a tendency to mumble and to shoot back and forth. And unfortunately, when you do that on stage, particularly with the Punslingers event, as judges, we need to be able to hear clearly what you're saying. So my first bit of advice for strategy is to, right now, before the event, start saying your puns clearly and distinctly. The reason is this. On stage, if you make an offering and we can't decipher what the pun is or what you're saying, we may have you repeat it. The downside of this is that your opponent, should they use this time wisely, has time to get more armament verbally against you. And you want to minimize that. So practice saying your puns clearly and distinctly. You know, and it, it occurs to me that a lot of the folks listening to this who are, think, who are thinking, I could do that, they do it on instant message. You know what I mean? That's that's where I usually see yeah, those yeah. streams. No, pr no pressure, no time limits, no uh, no topic limits for mm -hmm. that matter. Mm -hmm. And you're sitting at your at work probably, or at home mm -hmm. at a stoplight, hopefully, um, <laughs> doing this. But it's a different animal when you get on stage. So my second bit of advice is for both Punniest Show and for Pun Slingers. There's a lot of prep time. All contestants, and there'll be about 66 of them, take a moment to climb up on stage before each event and just look at out of the crowd because you're gonna have anxiety there's gonna be some stress and when you name is called and you walk up the steps and suddenly turn and you see 1,000 2,000 people out there in the audience multitude of cameras there's just a lot of sudden pressure and if you're not used to it by appear by appearing in the panel before it can throw you so simple bit of advice 
come up on stage, stand in front of a microphone, and get a feel for it. If I were listening to this podcast, I would think, hmm, I don't know if I really have the nerve to walk up on that stage uninvited. Best we can say is it's really okay. Well, right. now there's there's the beauty of the Friday night dinner because we have the Friday night dinner the night before the pun off. We're using the same stage, some of the same microphones, and a lot of the same people will be in the audience too. So you'll have the chance to get yourself over that stage fright, if that's a factor. So if you're not comfortable in front of a mic, you don't know how close to stand to the mic, or you don't know how to adjust the mic, ask for some help, or just do a testing, testing, one, two, three. The one thing I've noticed with the Punniest of Show uh, contestants, they come up against the time limit. Now, my advice, get a friend whose only job, and they can stop drinking after, is to sit in front of the stage, keep eye contact with you, and at the 90 second warning, give you a hand signal letting you know in case you don't hear it, you're at 90 seconds. And then at or two minutes. How about minutes, a shock collar? <laughs> <laughs> and and at, two, at, at two minutes, you can give him two, it'd be revolting. And at, and at two <laughs> minutes, he, he or she will frantically waves arms and says, don't say another word. Now, you may not get off your last couple killer lines, but at least you'll be on the board so being DQ'd. So that is my advice for Punnies to Show contestants in particular is to have someone sit right in front of the stage to let you know in case you can't hear when to shut and up. In Jersey's defense, he is a veteran, a, a, as close to a pro as we have in the show, and he would have stopped himself had he actually heard that bell but he was getting a lot of good response from the audience and that distracted him and i think it overwhelmed the the bell uh, there's there's some discussion to be had about that but the the true fault there is jersey's yes. for for planning a two-minute routine right. when it's supposed to be a you minute and a half yourself a little leeway. so if you you know if you want to stretch it okay i'll plan it for a minute 45 but you're working right up against the edge. I, I also just wanted to kind of clarify for our non-Southern listeners, uh, slop time is usually known as grace period. <laughs> and, <laughs> Unless we're <laughs> prop, Props to Gracie Deegan. <laughs> and uh, DQ stands for Dairy Queen. So. Of course, Dairy Queen. <laughs> That's a Texas stop sign right there. I have a bit of advice, particular to the pun slingers. If you're... A competitor in Punslinger, there is exactly a 50% chance that you will be called upon to go first. The way it works, if you're not familiar with the YouTube or being there live, is a topic card is held up, and then within about 15 seconds or so, Gary, one of the two contestants makes a proffering. And the judges typically say, point to one at random and say, go first. So I do have a recommendation. Use the topic itself as your cue for a pun. For ejemplo, if the topic is tobacco, tobacco products, you make a pun on the word tobacco. I don't mean to back off on this topic, but blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Two things happen when you do three things, actually. First of all, you don't have to worry about coming up with one immediately. The second thing that happens is you have burned that topic for your opponent. He or she can no longer use that one. Third advantage is because you use it early out of the gate, use tobacco uh, early on, you burn it. When you're 50, 60 cues deep, and this does happen, we've got some heavy hitters, by using that topic right off the bat, there are good odds that later on down the pike, your opponent on the ropes and desperate may try to use it 
It'll already be burned and used, and they will get a strike. One of the strategies I used was listening carefully to my opponent and using their offerings against them. And I recommend this as a secondary bit of punslinger advice. When you're unfamiliar with a category, you're weak in chemistry, for example, this is the time to listen to your opponent because he is required by law to give you a clue. If you are not well familiar with chemistry, wait for him or her to make an offering and use that as leverage for your next Because that'll remind you of something else exactly. that, that you... Exactly. Now, I was weak on chemistry, so, and I never got to use it. Regrettably, I never got, I never got uh, to use it. But what I did was I simply memorized abbreviations. For example, would say, well, oh, I was okay. led to believe this competition would be easier... I remember PB. PB is led. Yeah, yeah. And I'll say, yes, that's yes, that's why I packed myself a PBJ before yeah. I came on stage. And if if he mentions Mercury, yeah. I would say, ah, yes, H.G. Wells was a fan of that as well. And you, and you could do the same thing with, like, say, uh, automobiles. Like somebody says, I, I, I hope I get Chevrolet tonight. And then you could say, yeah, you can sh- shiv it where the sun, sun don't shine. You can take a, a nickname. For, uh, right, for a car. Right. And take, a, take a nickname for a car. A Chevy and, and, and Chevrolet. Yeah. Now, let's talk about this. I will gently chide those of you punslingers of the last few years who have clothing and are in front of a couple thousand people and come up short on cues. Here's the deal. When you're standing on stage, don't close your eyes and rock back and forth in your <laughs> corner. You need to open your eyes, and if you get the category of colors, look out in the crowd. There's clothing out there. <laughs> There are colors out there. Oh, do we have trees as a category? One would think that's out there. Architecture. Buildings are out there. There are many cues. Which is why just... chemicals is so hard to do because you can't see them. <laughs> right. well, Granted, I... astronomy, a bit of a challenge. So, you know. Wait, wait till tonight. <laughs> one, one problem that somebody might be anticipating yeah. is, um, you know, uh, person one set makes a pun on gold. And then person two says, oh, I'll make a pun on AU. Uh, what's the likelihood that the judge is going to know all of those elements? Well, the, ju- the judges are supposed to know them. <laughs> well, we're lucky because we have uh, an incredibly smart audience. And exactly. We crowdsourcing. Mm-hmm. And my favorite one is AU. Put down that gold. <laughs> You're making my cattle list. <laughs> but now, one of the challenges, now this is very viable. So, what we, 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 you very, a very valid point. How do we judge these? This is, side note, whole thing's a side note. This is the reason we don't have languages. There are hundreds of languages out there and dialects. So, if we had mm-hmm. the category of languages, it'd be impossible to police. And that, frankly, stings. Ah, ah, ah. Ah, ah. And so, even, and someone could say, well, we could Google them. Well, that really burns time to have someone mentions yeah. a, 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 a particular a dialect come in Africa or somewhere else. We can't police that, so we don't, we don't try. It, it's, it's too difficult. Now, we also count on our audience. I happen to know that we got you know, 1,500 people out there, many of them eclectic by nature or nurture. And if there's an obscure reference to something... Um, we typically can get validation from the mm-hmm. from the audience in that. So, and we choose our topics where we can we police this or not. And languages is a good 
example of something we just can't. We choose our topics carefully so we can police them. The second is we, we have our judges chosen to police each category according to their individual strengths. And third, we defer to judges or even audience for validation about a certain archaeological term, something like that. I, to my knowledge, it's never become a, it's never been a real huge issue, has it? No, it happens when there's a crowd favorite um, hmm. or it, it, it can happen hmm. when there's a crowd favorite or we get really deep down a rabbit hole. Um, and so we've learned, we've learned this. Mm-hmm. If we let these guys go, it all turns into um, Star Wars or Star Trek. <laughs> that, that's where, that's, that's all, where all roads begin I'll- and end or... <laughs> Well, that's that's a, a good place to end that conversation, and we will be having a lot more of these conversations uh, in, in, over the next coming weeks up until May 11th. So when we come back, we are going to play Pun Slingers, and we're going to play it, well, not uniquely, but different than we usually do. Pun Slingers this time. Uh, for those of you who are planning to come to the next pun off, which is in May 11th, 2019, uh, you want to pay real close attention. In fact, you might want to consider playing along with us. So normally we have house rules when we play this on this podcast, but we're going to play with the real rules. See, we have, we're very lucky to have five pun off MCs sitting around this table, and they get to well, they get to moderate each other. <laughs> what we're going to do is play by the real rules. In other words, you're not allowed to repeat a cue. Uh, PDQ? We're, we're, back, back again already? <laughs> uh, we're going to um, have a five count. And um, those are actually really the only two rules that we, that we break typically. So let's go ahead and um, let's start with, uh, well, let's have Stephen Bryan go uh, mano e mano. The topic is flowers. And the first person goes first. Oh, that March wind was so strong, I just blew bonnet off her head. <laughs> I'm going to take my own advice that I gave previously <laughs> about using the topic as your first offering to burn it for the plate. So... He's, Jennifer he's stolen now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there we go. Which leads us. You guys will discuss that later. He's a stolenist. What's going on? <laughs> he's cogitating. Did right? you say something and I missed it? No, no. I'm just looking at Gary's kitchen. It's a pan. See. <laughs> I feel like I shouldn't be the only person who's catching flax here. No, you shouldn't. There was a gentleman incarcerated for um, doing cloning. He placed him in a stem cell. Oh, I think I'm gonna. Go out to Northern California. It's been a while since I visited Petaluma. (laughs) Well, uh, when will you be leaving? (laughs) Oh, you're showing such a callous disregard for human life. You must be or kidding me. We were talking about that sheep uh, a little earlier. Now, I wasn't clear whether it was the only sheep that the cult had or... Was it part of uh, part of flocks? Sorry, I just got that. I'm a, I'm a late bloomer. <laughs> or 
Yeah, got Dave. Are you Joe? Cliche. Are you going to say cliche? Not a pun. <laughs> oh, late bloomer. Okay. Too much. You're talking about bloom. underwear. Uh, yes, I was. I was <laughs> late right. getting into my bloomers. All right, so that's strike one. <laughs> strike one for Brian. So uh, it is still your turn, Brian. Actually, I corrected it. I went to bloomers. Actually, I changed from from blooming being a cliche to wearing bloomers, oh, which makes oh. a pun. <laughs> As opposed to You're the welcome. department store. <clears throat> Go ahead, Steve. All right, I've had enough of you, Brian. Begonia. Oh, <laughs> oh he's waving a pistol. <laughs> oh, you guys don't have to leave. You can stay, men. You got two puns in there. No. Oh, well. Leaf was used. Leaf was used, but oh, stay men was, was not. Used. Oh, okay. Well, you still got two in. You're giving a big advantage to Brian there, David. Right, so I've had my time to sculpt the one, the, the mighty Monty Pithens, um, the famous Eric, Eric Pollen, Michael Pollen. You know, since uh, New Orleans has become a more international you know, city, there have been a lot of people from the Indian subcontinent moving in, and now the sidewalks are sometimes referred to as Indian banquettes. Wow. <laughs> There's a robbery down at the uh, floor shop. The guy says, get on the floor, all of you. Floral. <laughs> on the floor. We, I happened to look over and saw David Guggenheim's eyebrows raised suspiciously, so I was kind of forced to mm. elaborate. Well, I'm remembering the stories of uh, you know, Pocahontas when she first met John Smith, and she was so embarrassed that she displayed an Indian pained blush. <laughs> Those were the days, he said wistfully. <laughs> See how I did that? Those are the days, cause he, days he said wistfully. And then I said it wistfully. <laughs> and that erases the previous strike. And you pronounced it all so clearly that the judges could understand it. And it is Steve's turn. Ah, uh, well, I must say, Brian, you rose to the occasion. Somewhat of a seedy neighborhood. Jeez. That pun was just peach perfect. Is peach a flower? How so? Um, peach blossom. Is a blossom uh, a flower? It's hardly a tree that doesn't have some kind of a flower. That's true. And every fruit is a flower before every it's a fruit. Every fruit is a flower. Right. So uh, you could pretty much throw in any fruit or vegetable <laughs> and still qualify as a flower. Cory Gardner, the uh, senator from New Jersey who's running for president, recently his eyesight has been deteriorating and he had to get glasses for the first time. So now he's got Cory optics. You remember the Judge Roy Bean movie from the uh, early 70s when he was very uh, much in favor of his darling Lily. Um, actually, it was the actress Lily Tomlin. Oh, wow. Have you ever seen that old funny Austin band, the Geranium Savages? <laughs> very nice. Oh, please, carry on. <laughs> Thank, thank Carry you, on with thank it. you, but go ahead and give us a pun. <laughs> <laughs> there is actually a Warner Brothers um, a vinegarized cucumber, figure it out, um, called the Daffy Dills. <laughs> hmm? oh. Daffy, Daffy Duck, Dills, Warner Brothers. Mm -hmm. Disney, oh, everything's Disney, right? It. Yeah. Okay. Actually, it's Warner Brothers. Warner Bro really? Yes. Hang tight. 
That's a strike. No, just kidding. Well, I want to see. I want to see what's blooming today, so I'm gonna go walk in my uh, gardenia. All right. <clears throat> nah, nah. All right. That's fine. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Excellent. All right. Because Steve won that last round, that means he gets to play again. It's gonna be a new topic and a new competitor. Uh, we're gonna go with David Guggenheim. So Steve Brooks and David Guggenheim, you are going to head to head. The topic is clothing. Who should start? I'm going to be wary of that topic. No, shirt. Sherlock? <laughs> it does make it funnier. <laughs> the door is open there. Would someone cloth the door? Did you come up with that one off the cuff? No, I was just born with good genes. Yeah, he, he accepted it. He accepted it. Oh, oh yeah. now this true. is an important yeah. point. Off yeah. the cuff. Uh, off uh, the uh, cuff. Think about challenging off the cuff because it is a cliche, a colloquialism, not necessarily a pun, but a play on words, and will we allow it? But as we do, mention we are not playing house rules. We are playing, as in rule punzlingers, mm -hmm. and when you make an offering and the contestant speaks in return, mm -hmm. that automatically accepts it. Yeah. And if you don't believe that off the cuff is actually about cuffs, look it up on the web. There's lots of cuff links. Yeah, you can you can you can have it. And every time you put on a long sleeve shirt, you fist a cuff. All right. So there are, pl oh, there are plenty of that. plenty of puns available on the word cuff. And David yes. took the low road. I did. But, but but Steve accepted it by going ahead and offering another offering. So it goes back to David. So now we're just button heads. Well, if neither one of us. Wins this exchange? Is it? Are we going to call it a tie? Uh, it, it could end in a tie. Used. Used. Oh, <laughs> I just used it. Steve. I, okay. Okay. Well, uh, there was a band in the '80s that had a uh, cross-dressing lead singer, and it was everything belt the girl. Why did you choose to make that pun? Um. Now, side note: in actual. In actual punzlingers competition, we wouldn't allow this because we actually have a separate footwear category. Mm -mm. Oh, separate that socks. Yeah, yes, it does. Anyhow, but ahead. it's also clothing. Well, I thought that was a tremendous comeback. Are, are, are you taking notes over there or are those briefs? <laughs> I'm sorry, but I didn't understand what you were talking about. <laughs> did you just double down? I don't know, did I? You said, I'm sorry. How, how do you uh, fry your spouse? Dip her in a wife batter. <laughs> a wife batter. Oh, wow. Oh, I think we should sleep well enough alone. You know, I found a really good deal on a suit that didn't fit quite right, so I went to the tailor and got halterations. One of my favorite uh, the old soul singers was uh, Lenny Cravats. <laughs> nice. Is that a uh, button-down skirt? Well, it's a pun on a pun. On I know, wait, isn't it though? Wait, wait a minute. Deep. You need to be disqualified what, just for what, what tempting that. What is the, the Q word? Skirt or he punned, skirt? He, he punned oh, on a Q you. in the category, oh. but he didn't. But he didn't burn the pun. The Q that he. I've already oh, said too much. Well, shirt, shirt's been used. Not shirt, but then used. Not so to mention that he used the word down. 
Remember, remember, I, remember I said no shirt, Sherlock? That was, right. uh, it's used. Oh, okay, but, so, but you punned on the oh. Hugh shirt. Christopher Nolan. Wow. Pun. All right, I guess it's Steve's turn. <laughs> well, who's asking me? Well, I was thinking, you know, I could make a whole lot of collarless shirt puns, but that would make me a tease. T was used, actually. Yes, but tease. But plural of T is still T. T and T's. T. One is a type of shirt. Spell. Yes. Are you saying T? What's the other one? Sp spell the type a of shirt. A letter of the alphabet. <laughs> what are you... Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's two strikes. It's a strike. That's two strikes. That's two yeah. strikes then, so that's right? that's a tie, but I, but extra credit for colorless. I like that. Yes, is my black and white TV is colorless. There we go. You fixed it. Well, you know, my favorite ex-president is uh, Jimmy Garter. You've been stocking up on that one. I'm going to regret this one, but uh, <laughs> you know, the problem with a lot of you know, racial prejudice and this country is there are too many you know tight ass whiteies <laughs> hey they're the ones that hire the hose hose was used hose i used i said it was. It was. hose asking remember i believe yes. that is your second yeah, strike sure not should be his third oh, is it third, third strike. Yes, that would be my third oh, strike i mean steve ah. wins the game yes all right so now, uh, I want to I want to do a little debriefing on on this though because I, I sure. want to back, back oh, up. Oh, wow. brief was used. Brief was used. Oh, wow. And with that, we will take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll tell you the easiest way to make it rich without effort. Before we sign off with uh, advice from our panelists, uh, I want to real quickly uh, give a quick plug to the O. Henry Punoff itself. I'm sorry, the O. Henry Museum Punoff itself, uh, which will be May 11th, 2019. You can go to punoff.com to get more information about when and where and how, or you can listen to our podcast. Speaking of our podcast, you can find it at punintensive.com and more interesting details about the people on the show. And you can find us on almost any sort of social media uh, slash pun intensive. So before we get into advice, do any of our panelists have something they want to plug? Any shows that you're doing uh, uh, in May or June or uh, uh, special events uh, or an apartment that you're renting? I, I, I do have one, actually. I'm on uh, first Friday in May, May 3rd. Uh, I'm going to be doing a 60th birthday show at the New World Deli. 41st in Guadalupe. I'm sorry, whose 60th birthday? Uh, that would be moi. You're performing for your own birthday? Yes. And, and will you be murdering a watermelon? <laughs> At the New World Deli. That's no brave. Killer. That's brave. Yeah. That's pretty great. All right, well, uh, you know, I might actually go to that. You know, That's... I want to put in a plug for the Friday night dinner, the night before the pun off, yes. on Friday the 10th of May. Everybody come to the pun off and they think oh it's just a pun off and they don't sometimes don't make their plane reservations early enough to arrive for the friday dinner the friday dinner is a free barbecue buffet that is put on in the backyard of the o henry museum the same exact stage and the same exact address as the pun off itself the following day and we will do entertaining uh pun and games and all sorts of exciting things and we might even be doing a live broadcast recording of 
Pun intensive. It's true. Pun intensive. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pun intensive. <laughs> the buffet is free. The which, by the way, not. is also the uh, punster of the year dinner. Oh yes. Which is uh, honor. The honoree is honored by the International Save the Pun Foundation. But this year's honoree is not really all that honoree. He's a pretty nice guy. Yes. So, uh, Scott Hilburn, who's the uh, the artist. Uh, Actually, you can argyle for, with him all night long. Yeah, he, uh, the argyle sweater. Uh, he, he does the the uh, the, da- the daily uh, syndicated comic panel argyle sweater, full of puns, full of fun, and uh, we're looking forward to having him there. For, and we're going to be uh, uh, entertaining him, and I hope he will entertain us a little bit too. Well, probably not the people from California, because let's face it, they've all seen a Hillburn. You know, <laughs> but but our but our but our guy will be there anyhow. <laughs> But I think you should leave leave your kids at home because I suspect he's going to have a poty mouth. <laughs> All right. And uh, also, if you would like to do this sort of thing, but just don't want to do it on stage, and you're not lucky enough to be here with us to do it on the podcast, you can uh, do it at Facebook.com/slash puny page p-u-n-y-p-a-g-e all right so we gotta go but uh you know the reason our listeners have been listening to this last three minutes uh is because they really really want to hear our advice uh have not much money and need a lot fast we have some advice that should make all our winners rich for example just raise your sword and say i have the power ball gary halleck I calculated at one time your odds of winning big in the lottery are only just slightly better if you buy a ticket than if you don't buy a ticket. (laughs) However, if you are going to buy a ticket, then my advice is don't pick any numbers that can be divided by two because you're really, you're always playing the odds. (laughs) Thank you, Steve Brooks. A lot of people don't realize that it actually makes a difference where buy your lottery ticket so really the place to go at least if you live in texas is that you should go to uh, east texas and get into the big ticket (laughs) (laughs) sounds like you have a lot of lottery advice for us here anymore very i I have one other um don't buy too many lottery tickets because if you do you might come down with a case of loteria (laughs) (laughs) hey brian uh, uh do you have any advice for our audience here in Texas, when you win the lottery, you're given uh, two options. One is for an immediate uh, cash payment, or you can take it in annual payments for the rest of your lifetime. It's somewhat difficult to choose, but when you are faced with this proposition, consider the example set by Muhammad Ali, who, when converting to Islam, chose against the cashless option. <laughs> But cash is king. (laughs) And with that, we're going to sign off. I'm Aaron Faisal, and I'm signing off with the catchphrase. See you next week.